right, everyone. Thanks for being here. Um, we actually have a lot to talk about. After talking to uh, Adam, our producer, for a little bit, we have a lot to talk about. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, some Wilson Contreras Cardinals news that came out last night. Um, the Wilson Contreras Christopher Morale from last night, the embrace, a uh, few other things. I want to hear everybody's thoughts. We're in the true dog days of the season, the dog days of summer. It feels like this season has really gone on forever. Uh, I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I feel like um, this season started three years ago and it is still going on. We have one month left. Uh, people are pissed about David Ross. People uh, want to get him fired, think he's not worth being our manager moving forward. Yada, yada, yada. We have all these things. Uh, so make sure you have your thoughts, your takes, and we'll go from there. All right. So I think we'll start with the hottest uh, tweet of the day, it seems like. Are you excited to see Contreras in a Cardinals uniform next year? You know what? I will say this regarding Wilson Contreras. He is like the perfect fit for any team that wants an impact bat and wants a guy you can obviously catch and be a leader and a great teammate and, you know, a true solid baseball player for your organization. If you're, if there's, so not the Cubs. Well, again, I, I, you're bearing the lead right now, but from a outsider's perspective, Wolf Contreras looks like an absolute potential steal if he doesn't go out and get a uh, JT Real Muto contract, which I still don't know if he will. Regardless, he's incredibly valuable. He's having the best season of his career, and like we've talked about all year long, um, he should be a Cub. He's worth being a Cub. He's worth being part of this next team, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. He is worth being here for that. Now, it's simply a matter of does Jed think uh, the juice is worth the squeeze? Does Jed think uh, he's worth the contract, worth the time, all these different things? And I will say, like many Cubs fans have said, I'm simply echoing the fact that if he goes to the Cardinals, that will be an absolute gut punch. Absolute gut punch. Again, you could say what Cap uh, reported on yesterday is speculation, opinion, whatever it may be. I understand that, but at the same time, it would make sense considering they're they're losing uh, one of the most overrated players of all time in Yadier Molina, um, and well, really would be getting an upgrade by getting Wilson Contreras. So I, I would not be surprised at all if that was the case. It sucks. Um, we got to we had to see Lester in a Colonel uniform. Yeah, no, it's and if we had to see Contreras in a oh my god, it'd be yeah, just so no, brutal. it's it's, uh, it's brutal and. You know, Adam, like, I think about it a lot. I know it's rare in sports now, but I truly don't know if we're going to see any of these guys, like, truly finish out their career as a Cub moving forward. Like, I I cannot think of many guys or many athletes, if it wasn't Chris Bryant, if it wasn't Anthony Rizzo, finishing out their career as a Cub or being, you know, a Cub uh, their entire career, man, it, it feels like it's slim to none. Uh, for that even to happen. I know that that happens throughout sports. I know it happens on every single team, but God, I would just love to see one of these guys stick it out and, you know, play for this team for their entirety of their uh, career. And you know what? Jason Hayward might be grand. He's played for a few teams, but he's, he might be the one guy that ends his cub career, uh, his, his MLB career as a cub, surprisingly or not. Poetic. Yeah, seriously. I know it really is. 
Uh, we'll move then to um, Contreras' topic with Christopher Morrell and the embrace last night. Um, the leadership Contreras brings to the table. Talk to us about all of it. Christopher Morrell's had kind of a up-and-down season. He's played well. I'm not diminishing what he's done, but he is a uh, definitely a volatile player in terms of his production. The strikeouts can be an issue. Uh, just isn't necessarily the consistent player we are or you would expect uh, from a veteran, and obviously he's not one of those. But, again, we've seen it all season long. Wilson Contreras helping these guys emotionally as a coach, as a leader, as a friend, whatever it may be. He's been there to help these guys throughout the entire season. And, again, you know, I was talking to – not not to get off track or go on a tangent, but I was talking to uh, a few of my uh, White Sox friends over the weekend and, and kind of picking their brain on what they see on their team. And the biggest thing they talk about is, like, they don't have a leader. They, they don't have a guy that's going to either get in their face or help them out or lift them up. It's just kind of like Jose Abreu and then everyone else is just kind of on their own. You might have some leadership from a pitching standpoint, but you need position players who are in it every single day, taking the four or five at-bats every single day to really cultivate a strong uh, clubhouse. And Wolves Contreras, I mean, considering how bad this team is, they're still fighting. They're, I mean, even though they're 20 games under 500, they've salvaged the last two months somehow. Uh, and Wilson's been at the forefront of that, even with the Cubs trading off you know, their entire bullpen. Um and, and and trading and, and getting rid of guys that were very valuable for this team. Wilson Contreras is still bringing it every day, playing on a bad ankle, playing, uh, you know, hobbling around out there, having the best year of his career. Again, we've talked about it a whole lot. I, I don't know what else you want from a guy in terms of a leadership standpoint, production standpoint, uh, helping the younger players. Like he, Wilson is displaying the blueprint for what a leader does in an organization, especially when they're not winning. And seeing him, again, wrap his arms around Christopher Morrell. He's done it for uh, plenty of other rookies throughout the season. Helped out pitchers. Like, I, I don't know what else you want to say. I, I don't know what else you really want to look for. It, if it wasn't Chris Bryant, if it wasn't Anthony Rizzo, if it's not Wilson Contreras helping out these guys and having a great year, I just don't know what to say. Again, that will all be answered at the end of the offseason. But um, it's just, you know, Combining the Cardinals news and then and watching again what you what he does on uh, a nightly basis, I, I just have a hard time swallowing the fact that uh, there potentially might be very little interest in bringing him back. You were mentioning how this season feels like it's been like three years long, doesn't it? Uh, and then people, especially Cubs fans that watch every game, despite being twenty some games back tweeting about every game, joining in these morale clubhouses every week. It's a tiring task. Oh, yeah. And you you lose things to talk about, albeit some of the criticism have been fair, but now the Cubs fans are like, I guess we're just going to jump down David Ross's throat now. Unbelievable. Again, looked on fan graphs uh, like many of you do. We have the 29th worst bullpen in baseball out of 30 teams. We just got rid of four of our best guys. We got rid of uh, a young reliever in Scott Efros. We got rid of our, you know, makeshift closer in Robertson, Givens, Chris Martin, like guys who were getting outs. The fact that fans are, are again, like raising their pitchforks 
to get rid of David Ross because of decisions he's making at the end of August for a team 20 games under 500 um, is ridiculous. Like, David Ross has been in a lose-lose situation the entire year. He's been told, you need to play all these guys. You need to see what we have. You need to see what we can rely upon next year uh, because that's obviously going to depend on what the Cubs do in free agency. Like, David Ross is being the scapegoat right now. He's being the Dale Swain, for lack of a better term. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to hold David Ross in the same regard as Dale Swain, but it's true. Like, he, he's playing the sacrificial lamb. And honestly, it, it's unfair because I hope in the future that David Ross, while he's getting experience, you know, three years into the job, I hope um, many fans – don't lose their patience too early with David Ross. So when the Cubs are actually trying to win, it's not automatically. See, I knew David Ross was never going to do it. David Ross has been making these mistakes for a while. Like I would hate for that narrative to really um, pop up because it's really undeserving. And David Ross has been in a lose-lose situation for the last two seasons for, you know, 300 some odd games. And uh, it's just, it's tough to see. And, you know, I, I hope I hope it does not get worse from there. But I can definitely see how it can because, you know, there are many fans out there that are, frankly, ridiculous and are looking way too into, you know, his decisions, uh, his bullpen decisions on a team that's 20 games under 500. I respect the commitment. but I do, too. But, guys, we're – I know. We are not at a point to be yeah, – we are talk not, about like, strategy. This is not the time. This is, I mean, we got like, you know, we got a new, we got a new pitcher going every single night. We're getting debuts left and right. Like seriously, look at our roster right now. Go, go look at the, the roster right now with who we have. Like I can guarantee you. And I'm, I'm a guy that's locked into the Cubs. I watch the games. Obviously I, I pay attention and I bet you there's guys on the bull on the roster right now that I have no idea are actually on the roster. Seriously. Um, and if you're, if you're going in, uh, that deeply i i would just say you know what save that for for may of next year save that for june of next year or better yet pay that attention to the front office and the decisions that they've made for the last four years like there are plenty of other um people and decision makers to look at uh incredibly critically like many fans are with david ross um instead of you know the manager who's Essentially a camp counselor right now, if we're being honest. Just crack open a beer, enjoy the game for a bit. He's beer, a camp games ca- Adam, Adam, he's a he's a camp counselor right now. Like seriously. He he he's like, all right, we're just gonna roll the balls out, like uh hey, you guys wanna do this? Uh we'll 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 give uh everyone a chance to play. Everyone has an opportunity to show what they can do. Like that's literally what we what David Ross has been diminished to, which is incredibly unfortunate because I think, again, the leader he is, um, his experience in the game, uh, the relationship he's, the relationships he's built with players warrant him to get a true chance to actually win uh, at the major league level. Literally checking who's getting off the bus today. Exactly. Right? Who's Every here today. Single day. Yeah. Okay. Full-on camp counselor. It's sad. Uh, well, leading into that, we saw Strowman liking that guy's tweet, uh, criticizing him taking Ross, taking him out after 80 pitches. Yeah. You know what? I, uh, 
I saw a couple of people commenting on what I posted and said this is a fan, this is a totally fan driven, um, whatever uh, comment or whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying it correctly right now, um, but you know what? Like drama, drama. Yeah, you're right. Um, Marcus Stroman like having him on the team. I'm glad he's here. I think he's going to do well next season. Just in short, you can't do that. You just can't like. You know what? If if you really feel the need to like the a post like that, which isn't bad, he has every right to do so. But just kind of your image of the team and backing up your manager, and even the post went to go on to say that, bot the you know David Roch botched the last two games. Like you just can't do that. Be a professional. Be an adult. Uh, even if you feel that way, that's that's fine. If you feel that way, I know plenty of players uh, across sports have those thoughts and feelings and opinions, but. Keep it in house, and I would hate to, you know, I know, I know Marcus Stroman. Again, I'm not judging him for this necessarily, but I know there have been some um, fallouts with with multiple fan bases uh, that Marcus Stroman has played on the in the past, and I would hate for that to continue on here. I'm not saying it will, but just can't do that, man. Just just can't do it. Like it on a burner account or whatever, or you know. I don't know, screenshot it, keep it as a receipt. I don't know, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat. Just, you just can't like it on your main account. Just can't do it. Yeah. I can see obviously the fallout from fans is one thing, but I think from the fan standpoint, as we're all sitting on the clubhouse talking about the Cubs 20 games back, they're going to look into this and be like, Oh, the Cubs, oh, they're losing the locker room, that type of thing. And it's like, all right, is this really necessary to like this guy who's got or how many followers he had? Like, he had like eight hundred like followers or something. Yeah, like I don't even know how Marcus. I don't even know how Marcus saw the tweet. He must have looked it up, which you know, whatever. Could be his burner. Yeah, maybe I mean, whatever. He, yeah. yeah, maybe he thought it was. Maybe he thought it was burner. I don't know, but uh, yeah, just can't do that. Just just can't do it. I don't know if there's going to be any blowback to that. And I'm assuming Marcus would have no problem with telling David Ross, you know, that to his face. Um, just you just can't make that an acceptable thing that's going to happen in your team. You got to keep, sometimes you just got to keep some things in house and, and that's one of them. If you got a problem with it, talk to the manager, talk to Jed, talk to Tom and say, I should be, you know, out there finishing the job. Uh, whenever I take the ball every fifth day, just, just can't go to Twitter with it. Unfortunately. A couple things around the ballpark around the federal landmark this past week. Uh, we had, the No Fighting the Bleachers uh, campaign go. We have all the shirts printing right now, sending out to people, making sure they know the good word. Yep. Some absolutely. people taking it to the other extent in Canada. Yeah, I swear to God. If if anyone, you know, this has been now, this is what, two or three, the last two weeks, we've had some instances now. We had the thing in Oakland, up at the top of the Oakland Coliseum, and now we got, you know, in the corner of the Rogers Center. Is that what it's called, I think, in Toronto? Don't even get don't even get any ideas about doing that at the federal landmark. I swear to God. And I know you might think, hey, you know, no one's up here. No one's watching us. No one's paying attention. I swear to God, do not try to do that at the federal landmark. And I hope if you do so, you get charged to the fullest extent, not at a federal landmark, not at a historical place with, you know, that, that, that's been here for over 100 years. Not here. Swear to God, I'm just getting that out there. No, not saying that any of you would, but don't get any ideas. 
We may have to get a report from my Thai guy if you've ever seen any any well, love making the bleachers. He might have. He might have, and that might that's you know might have fallen under the radar in the past. And maybe I'm just naive to the fact, but I don't want this to become some type of you know trend on social media, and then that goes and 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 follows us here to the federal landmark, and someone's up you know in the upper deck, up sitting up next to the you know the the top seats. Uh, along the fence at the top of the stadium and they're doing whatever in God's name they're doing. I, I swear that better not happen. Not here. Take that to the cell. Take that to uh, any other place. Take that to the Chicago Dogs place out in Rosemont. Not at the Federal Landmark. Chicago Dogs place in Rosemont's a nice it stadium. Nice. The cell would be pretty nasty, but Wrigley Field's a beautiful spot. I can understand the urge to, but I feel like it's best to leave not that place here. secret. Not here. Also, uh, on the It's Just Different here with uh, viral TikTok with uh, fans catching a ball for the, the the older couple in front. Oh, that was fantastic. I mean, you know, listen, it's just the magic of Wrigley Field. It's the magic of the federal landmark. It's, it's exactly why you don't participate in those types of acts because there are other people at the landmark. There are other people watching Cubs games for the first time or for – you know, the thousandth time in their in their life, uh, and they're trying to get a ball. They're trying to have a magical moment. They're trying to, you know, uh, partake in something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. While you're jacking around at the top of the stadium, I swear to God, do not get any ideas. Unbelievable. Last during a Cubs game, no less. During a Cubs game, no less. That 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 in and of itself, those people in Toronto should be charged to the fullest extent just because they were doing it in front of Cubs who play at the federal landmark. Unbelievable. Last thing around the ballpark was our uh, really lovely goodbye to our friends on the Cardinals, Yachty and Pujols. Uh, really glad we could say goodbye to Adam, them. A really nice Adam, guy. I can't believe we didn't talk about this last week um, leading into that final thing. I know, I know we talked about Yachty and I know we talked about Pujols. I I forgot that that would even occur because I just thought more highly of the decision makers um, that manage the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I know it's been a week. I know, you know, tempers have cooled off. I still think the decision, and granted, I want to phrase this all by saying I understand that the Cubs donated to the charities of Yadier Molina and Albert Pools, and I don't want to discredit that at all. I think that's uh, admirable. I appreciate that. I um, can understand doing that. Uh, I don't want to say to justify the ceremony, but you, you get what I'm saying. The decision, again, to glorify and cheer on and celebrate Yadier Molina Pujols, I can understand to an extent because he's truly one of the greatest of all time. But Yadier Molina, who's one of the most overrated players in professional sports, the most overrated uh, baseball player in the history of the game, is an absolute joke. I didn't see that go off for Jason Kendall. I didn't see that go off for Wally Schnang. I didn't see that, you know, for many of the other uh, all-time, or excuse me, for the uh, catchers that have played a long time, uh, getting retirement tours uh, for their final season, especially here. I mean, 
I hate the fact that we feel like we have to be buddy buddy and we have to uh, succumb to that type of behavior. Sometimes fans just want to say, okay, yeah, we respect what you did, Albert. Sure, Yachty, you know, you won a lot of gold gloves. Some of them you didn't deserve. Um, you played almost 20 years in the league. Good for you. But we're not going to celebrate you. We're not going to throw you a party. We're not going to throw you a goddamn parade down Clark Street just because you were one of the most overrated players of all time and had the same career war as Jason Kendall. It's an absolute joke, again. And the decision makers that would go on to um, – Make that decision. They should be absolute. They should be absolutely embarrassed of themselves. And it truly is a fireable offense. The fact that that went on. I'm still disgusted by it. I understand the charity aspect. I appreciate the charity aspect. But to wrap all that in and go through with this ceremony was an absolute joke. And I don't. Maybe I didn't see the video of it. But that place, the federal landmark, should be should have been booing to the fullest extent. There should have been no. Uh, claps and anyone that did clap, um, they were probably Cardinals fans. Just an absolute embarrassing joke. I know you'd hate to give Yachty any credit, but I feel like he's owed a lot of credit because his plan is working out so well. Like it has no, 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 no. I, his, we but. said it last year. We said it last year. It, it truly like this retirement parade riding the coat, coattails of Albert Pools, who is somehow, you know kind of making some type of season for himself in his final year, I guess good for him. Uh, but him to uh, try to get on to the Albert Pools, you know, bandwagon and then ride into Cooperstown together in five years as first ballot Hall of Famers is an absolute joke. Yes, his plan is working and it's always been calculated. And that's why people like myself and others need to speak out that Yadier Melita is the most overrated baseball player of all time. And again, has the same career war as Jason Kendall. I think it's, it's a, a lesson joke. we can all learn from. We can all take something from Roddy in this. He saw the opportunity, he took it. Good for him. Um, all right, that's all we had in the Cubs. Uh, we'll open up for the clubhouse, let everyone chime in with their questions and thoughts. A couple other things, uh, small things, before we get into the offseason with the Cubs. DeRozan still marked as a uh, overrated player. Are you getting fired up about the Bulls yet? Uh, no, I'm locked in. I, I know I'm obviously locked into the Cubs, but I'm, I'm fired up about the Bears. I'm fired up about Justin Fields. I don't mean to dismiss your, your question. No, no, I see Bragg's in here. If you, yeah, if you, and we'd love to get love, your two cents. I would, I would love to talk to Greg. Um, I can't, I, I can't get too fired up about the Bulls right now. I'm like, I'm, uh, drifting out of Cubs, obviously, because they're 20 games under 500. And, um, you know, obviously that goes along with that. We're not playing for anything anymore. Uh, but I'm locked into Justin Fields and the Bears. I cannot wait to watch QB one on Sundays, uh, moving forward for the next whatever four months. I'm not. I'm not going to be a Bears fan that's going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, I obviously know there's limitations to the season, but for a fan, um, casual fan, however you want to describe yourself, simply watching Justin Fields play and grow is all that's going to matter this year. And if it happens, this 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 season would be fantastic. The Bears being uh, power ranked, I believe, dead last helps a little bit going into dead it. Last, being like that's, dead last in the NL in the NFC North, or dead last in the dead league. last in the NFL. I don't know what different Holy rankings is. Rags can speak to this a little bit more. We'll bring you in, but that helps me at least go into it. Like, okay, there's a lot of haters. Anything above dead oh, last, yeah. we could we could receipt them. You know, exactly. Anything above. All right, Bragg's. What are you thinking on the Bears? <laughs> 
Yeah, I to me the dead last ranking is an absolute joke, and that's kind of what's got these national media pundits have just got the Bears fans, especially on Bears Twitter, in a frenzy about it because you know we're trying to act like we're holding you know as these Bears fans on Twitter like holding receipts against people that are are downplaying the Bears so badly, and then there's kind of this flux of fans that do think they'll surprise in a bigger way and fans that think that that ranking is absolutely atrocious. Now I'm not in the camp yet of saying that the bears are going to be the type of team that could be a playoff contender come early December. They've got a lot to prove still to this point, but there's no chance in hell they're picking number one next year. That's an absolutely ridiculous ranking. Now, just as far as, you know, my expectations personally of this team, you know, Dom hit it on the head in a lot of ways. You know, the number one thing that's most important is Justin Fields' development and how he does this season. Now, that being said, you know, I said it the other day on uh, with my guys on CHGO, I go, you know, Justin Fields throws for 30 touchdowns or combined 30 touchdowns or even comes close to 4,000 yards. Yeah, I might do the polar plunge this offseason because yeah, – <laughs> I mean, seriously, like we haven't had a quarterback do either of those things. We've never had a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns, never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. Now, Justin Fields has those kind of numbers. Then that win total does change. So, you know, but that's still a lot to ask at this point with an offensive line that hasn't gelled, hasn't even, you know, we haven't even really figured out the configuration of it yet. That, that let alone then build chemistry off that configuration. Still, you know, the wide receiver core is thin depth-wise. Darnell Mooney has a lot of talent, um, you know, and played well last year, so I expect him to have a big year for you fantasy managers looking to pick somebody up in those mid-rounds. I'd be looking at Darnell Mooney for sure. Uh, Cole Komet looks like he's ready to take a jump, but again, somebody that has to prove it on the field. He's looked very good this preseason and in training camp, but, you know, he's been a disappointment so far. So, you know, we're not throwing any parades for him yet until he does it on the field, but he certainly looks like he's going to take a step. And then just overall to kind of put it all on a bow with the with the offense because that's kind of what everybody's got their eye on as Bears fans is this offense looks like it makes sense. We've had to spend the last three years or more with Matt Nagy running an offense that didn't really have any emphasis on the run game, playing off the run game with a play action, rolling your quarterback out. We've had two athletic quarterbacks the last two times around with Justin Fields and Mitch Trubisky, neither of which Matt Nagy had any interest of rolling out of the pocket. He'd have him sit in the middle of that pocket like a dead duck and uh, not really give the offensive line much help blocking in a lot of situations, which got his quarterbacks killed, and that's why he's gone. This offensive system with Luke Getze coming from the Green Bay Packers, you know, he's never called plays. So, again, another big if, how he will call plays is going to be a big thing factor. But just overall, the system itself, the philosophy itself, seems to have to make a lot of sense. They They played this preseason with a lot of balance. So it's exciting. You know, it's the it's the ground floor of a rebuild. So, you know, this is the time to be optimistic. There's really no room or reason for 
you know, pessimism or negativity with this, with these guys, they're, they're rebuilding. You know, I, my saying is brick by brick and that's essentially what they're going to have to do. Yes, sir. Bricklayer all day. So, you know, brick by brick and, and, and we'll have to just wait and see there. There's just too many ifs to jump off the ledge and, and start making grandiose predictions. I wish I could give that to you today. You know, uh, you know, their schedule does favor them early in the season. They have some winnable games. So that part has me intrigued, but there's just so many ifs. If Justin yeah. Fields can make the first step, it, it take the next step. If the wide receivers can stay healthy, if Cole Komet can take the next step, if the defense can, it, can rally around the ball and, and be a tough defense like we haven't seen since the Lovey Smith days, you know, there's just so if the offensive line can gel, there, there's just too many ifs. They need a lot of ifs to go their way to be that surprise team that, that is competing for a playoff spot. But Again, that's kind of the nice thing. You guys mentioned it. Uh, uh, you know, I uh, said, well, they're in the last blank rate ranking. That kind of helps. I couldn't agree more. As a Bears fan and really just as a Chicago sports fan, anytime our team is overhyped, we blow it. We it, Our city <laughs> has never handled hype well. What we do handle well is being doubted. You know, so yeah, this team is a big question mark. Who knows what they're going to do? But that sometimes is a good thing because then the other team doesn't know what you're going to do. Greg, I, I appreciate all the insight. And I've been meaning to ask you, uh, you know, over the years going back and forth with you, can you give me the starting point on kind of like how you built your brand of being the guy? And maybe I'm wrong, but looks like he films every single play at a Bears game. How did that start? And I, I, how hard is it for that for, for you to actually do that on game day? Yeah, it definitely has turned into something. I've always been someone to, you know, pull my phone out for a big play, whether it's at Wrigley Field or it's at, you know, you know, Soldier for wherever I'm at. I've always, even when phones didn't have the greatest cameras, I was always doing that. And then in 2018, you know, I had a good feeling that the Bears were going to be decent, that they'd just gotten naggy. Mitch was in his second year. They picked, you know, Tariq Cohen. And I liked the vibes of that team. So I went to camp with an idea of, hey, you know, I've always, I'd always been kind of quiet on Twitter to that point, you know, more just reading stuff than publishing my own content. Yeah. And I, you know, Bourbonnet was only 30 minutes from me. So I just started, you know, videoing every play. And, and there's so many Bears fans out there that wanted to see that kind of stuff. So then, yeah, once that became a thing, you know, I'm on NFL Network and, you know, all these different outlets are picking up my material. Then, then I started going to the games and doing a little bit of the same thing. Now, how hard it is, you know, I make it seem like it's more than what it is. I mean, don't get it twisted. If you're at a game with me, we're having some fun. Now, okay. you know, it's it's more than what it was when it just used to be one or two or three plays that I'd kind of anticipate that red zone moment, there's no yeah. question about it, you know, and honestly, sometimes I'll even, if I go by myself, which it's a lot easier to do, I'll run to each end zone, like depending on which way the ball's going offensively to try <laughs> to get that perfect touchdown shot. I'm always kind of waiting for that moment. So there is a little bit to it, but at the same time, I do still have some fun at a game. Uh, you know, it's not all spent looking behind the lens of a phone. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it all kind of started with me, honestly, with that 2003 Cubs team 
when I went to game seven of the NLCS and Kerry Wood hit a yep. home run into the left field bleachers and the, the stadium almost fell on top of itself. That moment for me will always kind of encapsulate what became, you know, as I call it, brags in the stands because yeah. <laughs> I've never felt a moment like that in Chicago sports history. And even to this day, it's still number one in my moments in my life. And they ended up losing that game and it was hard to watch the Marlins, you know, celebrating on our field to move on to the world series. And, you know, you got like old ladies crying in the stands and stuff. It really hit home. But at the same time, that moment had me thirsting for more moments to try to be at every big game to experience what I felt that night. And so that's kind of, it's turned into a little bit of a disease for me because I just can't stop going to the big games to try to experience those moments. And luckily enough for me, I got to go to game six of the NLCS and exercise those demons against Clayton Kershaw in 2016. And then game five, I was sitting in the bleachers at Wrigley Field for their only World Series win at that stadium. So um, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, you know, I've lived a fun life and I continue to do so. And my wife is a very loyal and patient wife and, and, yeah. and lets me go and have that fun. So I just keep doing it and I'm going to continue to do it for the bears, the cubs and the bulls and everything else in between. I love, I love it, Greg. I mean, it's truly unique, even though many other people take videos, uh, you know, when they go to games, I feel like you are the, you're like the Chicago sports guy that's taking every single video and I'm not calling you a liar, but, I find it hard to believe that 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 you have any time besides you know uh, posting videos or filming videos off your phone at games, considering how much you do it. Well, it's maybe something- one maybe one day we'll go to a game and I'll show you how I do the <laughs> how I do the juggling act because I'll get a few uh, whiskey and cokes in for sure. Don't get it twisted. I got you. <laughs> All right, Greg. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, good Thank talking. I uh, appreciate you. I want the Cubs to spend spend this offseason. I want them to spend recklessly, exactly. but I think this second half of the season has proven that we don't need to continue to sell and rebuild. I'd love to see a guy like Carlos Correa come in, but you know, I'll defer to others with the expertise of how to build this roster, but I'm excited for what they're doing. It's it, they they haven't uh, you know, they're not winning, you know, as many games as we'd like, but at the same time they've been a fun team. By all accounts, I mean, they had a little bit of a lull there, but it's been – I've really enjoyed watching this team scrap, and I think that they deserve and the fans deserve, uh, you know, to try to really be a contending team next year. So I hope Ricketts has taken note, and I promise I won't be doing any kind of sexual intercourse <laughs> in the bleachers anytime soon. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate all the people that are going to, you know – Make sure everyone stays in check at the federal landmark. It just can't happen. And, and you're right. Yeah, this team has been really exciting. And especially at Wrigley, like when, when the place is still jumping and people are there and it's the night games and, and you know, we're getting late run rallies and uh, late inning rallies. It's, uh, there's nothing like it. You're absolutely right. We deserve better and hopefully we get that next year. Thanks again, Greg. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Greg. Great talking Bears. We'll have to bring you in for uh, later on in the season as we get into it. Uh, everyone can start requesting it. Now we'll open up the uh, clubhouse for your thoughts and questions. Uh, last thing to touch on, Fred, we've got to talk about it, was, uh, I mean, I never know how um, 
accurate these random tweets are. People just like post random players with linked with teams, but gets you excited when you see Shohei in the same tweet as the Cubs. No, that wasn't random. That was from uh, John Morosi, who's a very you know well-to-do reporter. Um, I, I think we've talked about this in the past. I know this is swirling around during the trade deadline, um, you know, time. I'll say this, and I and I've been very consistent with this. The Cubs should absolutely be looking into whatever they can get for a or whatever they have to give up for a guy like Shohei Otani. Granted, I know he's older. I know he's getting close to thirty. I understand that, but he's a true unicorn. He's tr- honestly probably the most talented baseball player we have seen in what fifty years, sixty years, seventy years, even you know further than that. Um, he would be worth every if he was healthy. I think he'd be worth every penny he made just by the fact that he can get it from like he can produce in so many different ways for you. I, I like. I don't know why you wouldn't be um, wanting that. Like, he's the one guy, if he's hitting bad, he could absolutely shove on the mound and make the money back. Like, these guys, in theory, well, literally are truly getting underpaid when you look at what uh, one uh, win above replacement really does equate to in terms of dollars. Um, he'd, he'd be absolutely worth it. And if all the Cubs fans, you know, are are saying that, you know, are, are – um, our minor league system is so deep and we don't have a whole lot of stars though. Like if it's deep, then we have guys to give away. Like I, I, I find it really hard to believe that it's worth waiting for him to become a free agent and hopefully sign him when we already missed out on him, whatever it was four or five years ago, uh, instead of taking the bull by the horns, giving up the package necessary to get Shohei and then having him sign the extension. I, I, I truly, like, if you're not going to sign, again, I know I've said it a few times, we've said it all year, if you're not going to sign the Chris Bryants, the Rizzos, the Wolves Contreras's, the, hell, Carlos Correa's, like, and you're not going to sign or try to get Shohei Otani, like, I truly don't, like, if I truly think then you want to run the team like the Oakland A's, like, or the Tampa Bay Rays, and some fans do, but, like, Man, like I, I, I cannot imagine having a guy who could go out and shove nine innings, throwing 96, 97, um, and practically strike practically strike out the whole lineup and then go out and go two for four with a single and a bomb that, that goes to Montrose Beach. Like I I just don't know what else you expect or who else you would want if, if you don't want a guy like Shohei Otani. Daydreaming. It's the part of the season we're daydreaming now, I think. Uh, no one's requested in. I think everyone's silently. I've heard enough from you. That's fine. If anybody has any thoughts, we're good. We'll go to Olive Garden if no one does. I know Braggs would talk about the Bears for another another hour if we wanted. Uh, all right, let's take it to Olive Garden. I'm going to go with uh, Adam. I might butcher his name. Is it Jeremiah? Is it uh, Jeremy Estrada from last night? I'm going to give him, um, you know, the Olive Garden Award, uh, Sharon Breadsticks at Olive Garden, just because obviously he pitched really well last night. But as many people are talking about, he had an absolutely electric fastball. Didn't reach triple digits, but goddamn, 
It stayed at the top of the zone. It spun like crazy. It looked like it was going uphill half the time he threw it. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking him to Olive Garden. Good for him. It's great to see the Cubs develop bullpen arms. And this is what Dave Ross has to do, right? Like, even though we have some guys who are coming up pitching really well, hell, like, you got to give these guys the opportunity to do their thing. Even if they're really good, they're still going to stumble. Some of them are making their major league debuts. Uh, and Estrada did that last night, but it was really fun to watch. And I know many people who really follow the minor, league, minor leagues have been talking, uh, you know, consistently how good the pitching, especially uh, in terms of bullpen arms, are at the minor league level. And hopefully, you know, obviously that carries on uh, into next year because I truly trust what, Tommy Hadovy and Jake can do with the bullpen when they truly want to win. They, they've shown that they can build a top 10 bullpen with ease and in even a top five bullpen. And, and if the Cubs did have a chance to, to keep the four relievers they sent off, uh, then I think the bullpen would be in much better shape than 29th in the league right now. True or false. If a Cubs pitcher can shove high nineties or cut, get close to a hundred, they might get taken to, they'll probably get taken to Olive Garden. By probably because Adam, we haven't seen it in so long. Like, I, like we have been at the bottom of the league in terms of pitching development. Everybody knows that, but velocity development, we've been at the bottom of the league in terms of average fastball velocity. Like we, we were that team. Let's, uh, let's think back to, you know, even last year, the, the roster, the, the starting pitching staff we had, Kyle Hendricks, 88, uh, Zach Davies, 87, um, a few other guys that, that, that could barely that could barely top, you know, 92 miles an hour. We, we have not seen that. Uh, really, going back to the, the 2015 and 16 team, when you had uh, uh, Rondone and Strope who were out there throwing 97, we, we just didn't have those guys. And it's been a while. It shows how bad the Cubs have been in terms of pitching development. But, um, man, it, it was fun to see a guy like that throw a fastball like that with a spin rate like that and obviously blowing it by guys at the top of the zone. There's something so simple and fun just cheering for the radar. Just, just hey, seeing it get closer to 100 just is electric. It's let, so so fun. Let's not forget how electric – I mean, I know I talk about it a lot, but Pedro Strope and Rodon were – I know Rodon was kind of a, a – Rondon was kind of a roller coaster at times, but – he came in and he'd shut the door and he'd throw the fastball and Pedro would come in before him and do, you know, uh, the celebrations. And it was fantastic having good bullpen pitchers and hell it's fuck. I forgot about Chapman, right? Like, uh, Chapman's you know, debut. I mean, yeah, really I mean, just uh, yeah, I mean, going to explode. When exactly. Exactly. People get fired up. I got fired up and, uh, deservingly. So, all right, we got Cody in here for, uh, clubhouse guest speaker for a bit uh before we take it out cody how's it going what's up cody what's up guys uh sorry i'm a little late today uh i wanted to ask if you guys talked about yachty and pujols getting honored at wrigley last week yeah we did we you know cody you know what my thoughts are it's an absolute disgrace and i i think Again, I'm not saying the Cubs did this um, to kind of take to take uh, Cubs fans, um, you know, away from being as critical. But I appreciate the charity. But I just I, I think for simply, obviously celebrating the guy, I, I think it's a joke. I hate it, and and everybody knows that. I know you feel the same way. 
Absolutely. I, I'm still mad about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's, maybe, it's, it's maybe, fair. maybe it's like, like maybe, maybe Yachty's starting to live utilities free in my head. I don't know, but like, I just so like, it comes off so like tone deaf, like they just don't understand this fan base. And I feel like when I was younger, they at least understood the fan base a little bit more. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong about that, but like, I, I'm, I just can't get over the fact that they did that. And I, I, I understand that it wasn't nearly as bad as other things. Like uh, a guy from my job, he showed me a video of the Red Sox honoring Derek Jeter um, back in like 2014 or whatever, his last game at Fenway Park. And like they had some, someone go out there and sing a song and all this shit. And oh my God, like that's not, I mean, at least the Cubs didn't do that. But to me, it's just, it really does go back to the fact that like we can't we, we we can't bring back Sammy Sosa. We can't bring back players that have done things here for some odd reason. Yep. But we're gonna honor Yanni Molina, a guy that every single time the Cardinals come to town, their chance of overrated or all all across that, all across Wrigley Field when this guy comes to, to play. Like no one likes that guy. I no, understand. Yeah. I understand Pujols. I understand Pujols, and that's that was fine with me. I w- if I would have been there, and they would have done it for Pujols, I would have clapped. I mean, he has more home runs, has the most home runs, or something like that for opposing player. I would have, I would have at least understood it because he is great. And as much as as washed as he's been for the last decade, you can't take the numbers away from him. He's one of the greatest ever. But but that's Yachty's plan working to a T, just riding absolutely, with absolutely, <laughs> just riding it. It's just so frustrating. And and you know what? Like I don't think the Cubs have won a game since they did that. And honestly, like I think you're right. It shows. Like that's that when you do that, like I was saying all day at the office the other uh, on that day I was like this is setting up for a bunch of bad energy and they haven't won a game since and you know, and they've blown like every game. Like they should have won the last two at least. And it's just yeah, I, we, we don't just, need to be yeah. we don't need to be best friends with them. You, you can respect them. You can say, you know what, nice career, nice job, you know, good for you. But you, it, we don't have to uh, hold hands and sing kumbaya. It just doesn't absolutely. happen. Yeah, absolutely, it it's a joke. It's a yeah. joke, and hopefully they learn from that, and someone should get fired for it. Absolutely, I whoever's idea that. it was. Yeah, I. Anyway, yeah, that's that's all I have. I. Jeremiah Estrada shoves. I'm looking forward to watching pitch again. Uh, God bless all you guys' families. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Cody. All right, Dom. We got uh, Blue Jays, then Cardinals, then Reds. Uh, and we have a week off, and then the Bears are back. And I think the entire city of Chicago, Cubs fans, Sox fans, um, angry Bulls fans from last season. Everybody's ready for a new team to come in and yeah. give them something else to watch. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone knows I love the Cubs, and I'm going to obviously continue to watch the Cubs, and we'll continue to talk about the Cubs. I'm ready I'm ready for Justin Fields and the Bears. Hopefully we have something to celebrate about uh, for the Cubs moving forward. Hopefully Nico finishes strong. Hopefully Ian Happ finishes strong. Um, all the guys we've talked about say Suzuki finishes strong. Should probably talk about him. I know we did last week, uh, but yeah, we're I'm, I'm ready for the Bears. We're all ready for the Bears. We're ready for fall to get here. This season's been taking forever. I appreciate everybody uh, on the team giving it their all. It's just uh, short of 
some great individual performances. It's truly, like everyone would agree, uh, has not been our year. <laughs> so we're we're, we're going to move forward from there. Hopefully September goes well for us. We'll see. All right, that's all we got. That's all we God got. Thanks, family. everyone, for being here. God bless you and your family. Cubs and four. We'll see you all next week. Bear down. See red. Buddha. Yeah.